This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is business coach and speaker, Jeffrey Shaw. Jeffrey spent 30 years as one of the country's most sought-after portrait photographers, and now he has transitioned into encouraging entrepreneurs to use their natural creative strengths to build businesses that are not only profitable, but fulfilling so that we can all make a living doing what we love. Now, doesn't that just sound great? He's also the host of the popular business podcast, Creative Warriors. He's a contributor to the Huffington Post and also the creator of the online training program, The Creative Warrior Unleashed. And he's also been cited in various publications and trade journals. Welcome to the show today, Jeffrey. Well, hey, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. As I mentioned, you spent more than 30 years uh, with a photography studio, and you had some of the most influential people as your clients. How did you, well, first, tell us about that 30 years of your life, how you built that business, and then now why you're doing what you're doing now. Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, we should qualify. I started really young, so I'm not as probably as old as people might be thinking by now, but I was 20 years old when I started out as a photographer. And, uh, you know, and honestly, I, I can't say I had a really super long range vision. I think this has been a common theme in my, uh, in my business building is that, you know, there's sort of a, an idea. There's a, there's even a vision, if you will, but you know, one can never know, especially nowadays, exactly how we're going to get there. So when I started out at 20 years old, I honestly can't say I had a clear idea as to how I was going to build a photography business, particularly serving as affluent a clientele as I ended up serving, because that's not that was not my background. I didn't come from that lifestyle. So it was a, uh, you know, first fact, the first couple of years, I returned to my very small hometown to attempt to build a photography business, which was uh, just not going to happen there. It was, it was just completely the wrong market. So I reset the table and uh, sought out a market that felt more aligned with my values, not so much that I knew or even understood what having a lot of money meant, but I knew that there were people out there that more, were more likely to appreciate the long-term benefits of having family portraits and would be willing to pay for it. So, uh, and then add to that, that, you know, people with money have beautiful homes <laughs> and lovely yes. property to photograph at. And so artistically, it was uh, a terrific world. And then, uh, you know, again, I, I, looking back, I, I, I can't say I was highly conscious of what I did probably for the first 10 years. It was a building moment by moment thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until p other people started coming to me and saying, my gosh, as a photographer, you're phenomenally successful. How did you do it? When being asked that 
question, I then had to start figuring it out so that I could help other people. And then that, that led me ultimately to business coaching. Um, about seven years ago, I started, uh, I received my training as a coach and I now help others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and helping them to really figure out what it is that you figured out uh, almost by happenstance uh, that that uh, you knew that you needed to get your vision in alignment, that, that congruent, congruity between what you do and what you are, what you feel, your value system. So often we see this with companies all the time or hear this with companies that um, they put out a value statement or they have a mission statement on their website, but you know from doing business with them that that is the last thing that you experienced with them. And so when that is out of sync, it doesn't matter what kind of skill and talent you bring. The experience that your customer is going to have with you is not going to be a good one. Right. Yeah, you bring up a great point about alignment because at the end of the day, business 101, it is all about alignment. But I think people are, what's unique about being in business as a creative person is what you're aligning to, right? There's mm-hmm. less, when you're marketing your own talent, it's less about market research and demographic. And yes. it's more about the intangible elements of values, lifestyle, understanding what life looks like from the other person's point of view. And these are the, some of the things that make being in business as a creative person unique. That, you know, some of these hangups I, I understood inherently as a 20-something-year-old and some I didn't. Um, I, I realize one thing, for example, that I never had as a hang-up was demanding a lot of money for what I did. And yet, for creatives in business, that's almost always their biggest hang up, yes. right? They have a hard time charging for something that comes easy to them. And yet that was actually something I didn't have a problem with. So for me, particularly now as a business coach, I look at things that uh, I see blocking other creatives in business that I deeply understood because I had to overcome that as well, or I didn't have that hang up at all. And I hopefully get to help them have a different perspective. But at the end of the day, when you are in business, marketing your own talent and as a creative person, it truly requires a whole different way of being in business than what we see around us. And, and of course, there's no business training for creative people in business. We all get, we all go to schools that give us our skill set, but they don't teach us how to be in business that way. Right. And you often hear about the starving artists. And as you say, a lot of creatives there, there's they so love what they do that the business side of it is almost secondary. And as you said, you know, you have to embrace that part of it or you're not going to be able to um, survive that way. So let's talk about that approach. You mentioned that um, when you're creative in business, it's an entirely different way of marketing. So, so lead us through that, uh, the highlights of it, of course. But how, how would you coach me as a creative to market myself? What are some of the things that you would tell me and share with me? I think it's it's largely about, uh, first of all, most creatives in business can only handle working with so many people, right? So there's usually a trading time for money component to the business model, at least starting out. I mean, yes, you can scale it and uh, in the future, but certainly scaling out. So for for that reason, you really want to work with the right clients. So I I think the path is that first you have to get really clear on your value system, what you value and what you stand for, what's your unique message. That's hard work to do and it's really hard to do on your own, uh, particularly when it's your own message. And this is one of the core blocks for people because it kind of the classic phrase, it's easier to do for others than it is for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can look at other people's 
businesses and get their core message or you know we can pick up on other people's core skill sets it's really hard to do for ourselves and it's even more difficult to turn that into a brand into a marketing message so we almost always need help through that process but step number one is you have to know what is the beacon of light that you're even sending out you know what is your mm-hmm. unique aspect um, so one you have to identify that then from a practical branding perspective you have to create uh, a unique message. We call it in my work, we call it a, uh, it's our trademark name, we call it a standout statement. Now, a standout statement one can think of as a modern day slogan or tagline, but the difference is, is the energy from which it comes from. A slogan or a tagline, they're, they come from the head. They're well thought of ideas. Um, where a standout statement comes from from within, that you get really clear on what you stand for. What's the beacon of light that you even want to put out in the world? What is a message of three to nine words? That's our criteria because we only have very few seconds to get people's attention in branding. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, how can we compose that message that you stand for in three to nine words in a sentence that is only going to make sense to the people that get it? And that's the critical part because we tend to have business models that are trading time for money. We don't want to serve the whole world. What we want is to serve the right people. So you want to create a a way of thinking and demonstrate that through your standout statement that's so unique that only the people that are going to get that even understand it. And then they kind of just are naturally drawn to you. And that is a big component of being in business today is uh, particularly as, again, as another unique aspect of being greater. We have to compel more than we tell. If we tell people how great we are and how talented we are, it turns people off. So instead, True. we have to turn that around, right? I mean, it, and it's, that's, again, one of the unique aspects of when you're selling yourself because you can sell a product, you can tell somebody what, how great your product is. But when you're telling people how great you are, it has a very different flair. Oh, so it's we have difficult. To, right. Mm-hmm. So we have to compel people towards us rather than tell them about us. All right, so we, we need to identify the beacon that we're sending out, and we also need to identify our standout statement. As you said, that's more about the energy that that's coming from. It's uh, not so much from the head, which a lot of taglines come from. It's more about compelling and more, more than telling. Um, this brings up a couple of other things, though. You talked about this coming from within. It's, it's in line with your value system as the creative. How do you scale that, though? It's your talents. It's your values. And people get associated or used to uh, hiring you as a photographer. And they get um, used to hiring somebody to write for them or whatever the creative uh, job might be. How do you scale then when what they want is you, your talent, your particular skill, and the energy and the uniqueness that you as a person brings to it? No, if one chooses to, I think there's almost always a way you can scale your business. You know, if um, one of my podcast guests, for example, was a well-known singer who has, I believe it's the number one uh, singing program in the world, right? So he created an online program that is not just for professional singers, but the person who just wants to sing better than they currently do, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, who better to learn from than a professional singer, Um, I have an online program, The Creative Warrior Unleashed, uh, and that actually developed entirely from that premise because as a a coach 
very in-depth coached for my clients one-on-one, I can only serve so many one-to-one clients. And then, of course, I have some coaching groups, but even still, you can only serve a handful of people in a coaching group. How can I reach more people? How can I help more creatives in business get the foundation that they need to be successful in business, even if it's uh, pointing out the obstacles that are in front of them that they may not be seeing. Because the people may not be seeing the internal conflict uh, that they have around charging for their work appropriately. So I created an online program that can give people access to my message and to the type of work. So I'm pretty hard-pressed nowadays to think that almost any profession as a creative person isn't scalable somehow if it's what one chooses to do. You know, somebody asked me recently, what has always been the impetus for change in your life? And I had said, you know, which is a great question. I'd never thought about it. it. I realized, you know, yeah. And it, I realized it's always my lifestyle. Every impetus of change, and that's the benefit of being an entrepreneur, every impetus for change has been, how do I want to live? Right? Um, I just, in the last month, moved to Miami Beach from Manhattan. Uh, because I had created the scalability in my life that allowed me to do that. I'm still a photographer, but I'm fortunate that as a photographer, I can really pick and choose who I want to work with, and they're all over the world anyway, so it doesn't matter where I'm flying from. My coaching practice is completely remote-driven, as is my podcast. I can be anywhere. So because of the lifestyle I wanted, which was to be uh, more remote and uh, less tied down to any one area, over the few past few years, I've been developing, creating the changes that allow that. So to me, the impetus for change has always been how I wanted to change my lifestyle. And let's, that's a great point. One of the other points that you have made a couple of times is this whole thing about what do I charge? And creatives oftentimes undercutting themselves, undervaluing their work. Um, number one, why is that? And has it become even harder in, in the technology-driven age in which we live where um, the pressure on a lot of pricing is down because t- things have tended to become commoditized? especially creatives in an age of uh, fiber and, uh, oh, well, you know, you, you, can, you can snap that out. You've got all these software tools to create that image now. Uh, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. And, it's, uh, and I actually created a meme for my Facebook group some time ago that <laughs> was really popular because it really spoke to this. And I said, you know, do, it, uh, do what you do with such passion you'd be willing to do it for free and then never mm-hmm. do it for free. <laughs> Love that. Right. That's that's to me is the premise from which I'm coming from. Like, I, you know, I work with passionate people and I, I'm, I want people to be passionate about what they're doing. Um, but, you know, that passion can only sustain your life if you're getting paid fairly. And so that that to me is the mission behind why I'm a business coach, because I want creative people to have successful businesses so that they can keep giving their gifts. Um, otherwise, wonderful, talented people, they or their businesses die off in the world uh, without the world really receiving the gifts. And I, I, so the reason I believe up front why this is a challenge for people is because as crazy as it sounds, it's because it becomes easy to them. Mm-hmm. And we think, particularly creators, we think life has to be hard, right? That's the starving artist part where that old mindset that, you know, in order for me to get paid high value, it has to be hard, And it doesn't. It actually is the complete reverse. What comes easy to you is likely to be such a natural talent that other people don't have. Uh, You know, and and it's wise to pay attention to. You you can identify with your talent, I'm sure. But it's also you want to pay attention to what other people find compelling about you. What is it that people compliment you on that you realize that just comes so second nature to you that people want more of that. 
So that I think is it's it's the easy part because I've actually I've worked with photographers, for example, that were wedding photographers and had no problem charging you know boatloads of money for being a wedding photographer because it's hard work. They identify with how hard it is. But then they become a family portrait photographer and you know they just have to shoot for an hour or two and get paid a lot of money and that they have a challenge with. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, so it's but it's not about it's it's, it's not about what's hard, it's about what has value to the to the recipient. And that family and, portrait has phenomenal value. Yeah, and that's where that standout statement becomes so important to show what you offer uh, distinct from anybody else that people are willing to pay those high dollars for and not to compare this necessarily to a product but it's similar i think to the way uh starbucks is able to charge so much for a cup of coffee in in, an, in for a product that's become so commoditized yes similar. yeah it's yeah. you had to kind of pick a lane you know that the, mm-hmm. What you're saying is true. I mean, and what's your unique perspective? There is hardly a message that any of us have, and I f- feel this even more so as a coach and a speaker because we're always working on messaging and speaking engagements and such. There's hardly any message we can come up with. Uh, in fact, I'll even go as far as saying for me, it's easier as a creative to realize that I don't have a single original idea. Like may it may or may not be true, but it's easier for me to hold the, the idea that I don't have a single original idea. However, I can be highly attuned to what the world needs and what's what's on the bandwagon, if you will. So, uh, and I, I think that's actually one of my core skill sets is I tend to be very sensitive to, you know, what's becoming popular, what's on trend, and even if it's a message. So there, you're, you're hardly ever alone in your lane. You're hardly ever alone in the message or the type of work that you're doing. But I do believe every one of us has a perspective on that thing that's as unique as our DNA. Uh, and I say this to artists all the time. There's, there's a, there are you know, countless painters, there are countless singers and, and podcasters and photographers. Um, so selling that is not your differentiator. Your differentiator is your unique perspective on that. If you if you photograph families, so do a million other photographers. How can you say it differently? What's your unique perspective on why one should hire you? Let's take that one step further now. You're in your lane, you have your unique di- differentiator, and you know who that audience is that would pay and value that unique differentiation. You said yourself, you the kinds of clients that you had, those were not people that were in your world. Those were not people that you grew up with. How do you then reach those people? Mm, that's a great question. It's actually, uh, gosh, I have, I have so many stories we could stay on far longer <laughs> than you would ever want to because, because it became a, a matter of self-education, right? Um, I don't care what market you're serving. If it's, if it's out of your own lifestyle, and honestly, it almost always is, particularly for creatives. We're almost mm-hmm. always serving people that are not our own lifestyle. It is our responsibility as the creator and entrepreneur to understand that person's point of view and their lifestyle. I knew nothing of the affluent lifestyle. But as a 20-something-year-old, it was my responsibility to figure out how the world looks like for that. It was completely different than my perspective. Um, so I spent time in very high-end stores observing how things were merchandised, observing mm. how uh, the salespeople and the salespeople handled the clients. I, be- I did the best I could to be a client. A classic story that I tell often is I, I, at one point, maybe 23 years old or so, I took my last $20, literally my last $20, and went to a super high-end store in uh, New York City, bought a candle. 
specifically <laughs> so I could understand the process. Like how did, and I asked for it to be wrapped and I went and mm-hmm. I even sparked up a conversation with the woman of the gift wrap and said, can I come behind the counter? I'd like to see how you wrap this. Like wow. I wanted to understand how are things packaged when, uh, for the affluent, and I realized there's a whole, there's a secret language to that. You know, I grew up in a family for Christmas where we wrapped our Christmas presents with, you know, practically duct tape. Like there was no mm. elegance to it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there was no, there was no elegance to it where, you know, in a high-end store, this, this candle was beautifully tucked in tissue and put into a beautiful box. And that box had a ribbon around it. And there wasn't a single piece of tape present anywhere. Reason being is I, I real asked the woman, I said, why is there no tape? And she said, ah, because when you, when you, the customer buys this and they're giving it as a gift, they're going to want to open it to make sure it's not broken before they give the gift, but they have to be able to put it back together and not have anybody know, mm-hmm. right? So it's there, there's things like that. So I don't care if you're serving, you know, a high-end client or a Walmart client, it's up to you to fully understand the lifestyle. So I, Sam Walton and the people that run the Walton, they don't live like their customers, but they get their psychology. And that's, that's the job of the entrepreneur, and particularly the creative. It's our job to really understand how the world looks like from the perspective of the people we're serving. Absolutely. And you made reference to we're not going to have time to get to everything we probably want to talk about today. So you're just going to have to come on again if you're, you're open to that. But I, I want to hear from you, someone who has had such a successful career with your own business and who now coaches others. What's a common piece of business advice that we hear from the experts all the time that you disagree with? Mm, oh, gosh. Well, probably the biggest one is... Uh, is this idea of finding your niche market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creatives, we are inherently uh, multi-passionate. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can call that lacking focus. We can call it multitasking. I prefer to call it multi-passionate. We, we, we are squirrel chasers by and large. And uh, I actually think that needs to be embraced. And I think it's so perfectly aligned with being a creative person in business today because it's really hard, as we were talking about a moment ago, it's really hard to survive on a single business line, right? We, we likely mm-hmm. have to, to diversify into a more portfolio business model um, because our time is limited. So a trading time for money business model runs out of time. You want to figure out how you can scale it. Uh, there might be other avenues you want to go in. I believe if there's to be a niche at all, the niche is what we stand for. Coming right back to that standout statement. Yes. When we identify what it is that we want to stand for in the world, what we want to say at the end of our lives, that this is what we stood for, why not find multiple mediums that we can express that with? Just like the Renaissance painters did of the past. You know, they didn't limit themselves by this idea that you must find a niche. Like, you know, Michelangelo, you can only use oils. <laughs> right? That just right. would never work. <laughs> right? Um, so that to me is the... the and I know for certain for the people I serve, that has been that one thing. Find a niche. Focus on one thing. Asking creative thinkers to be somebody different than they are. Stop chasing squirrels. Focus. Find a niche. It has made some really creative people absolutely miserable. Oh, and, and, feeling but, like, and feeling like business is a horrible thing. And it's not. Right. And you do. You hear that all the time. Focus, 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 find a niche and go for it. You're in the midst of writing your first book right now. Tell us about that book and what it's about. 
Oh, I'm so excited. It is in my first book. And boy, writing a book's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Well, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. It is it is about having it all in our lives and no longer trading off and making compromises. And, and one of the foundation components of that is living our lives in a zone of possibility instead of the zone of expectation, which so many of us inherently live in. I mean, expectation by its pure definition has a predetermined end to it. So even if you are quote unquote, you know, listening to all the motivational gurus in the world, you know, live beyond your expectations by purely holding it as an expectation there is a predetermined conclusion and I believe and know and have created for myself that there's a different way of thinking outside of that where you know there's a lot more possibilities that life does not have to be you know taking the good with the bad trading off and living with compromise that we can we can live in a much more open way and instead of saying you know this or that I'll take both I actually in the book I I, I challenge people <laughs> To and next time you go to a restaurant and they ask you if you want spicy fries, curly fries, waffle fries, tell somebody just say yes, <laughs> and insist, <laughs> on, right? And just say I'll I'll have a sample plating of all the fries, right? I mean, why are we constantly put into having this you know this choice? Why can't we have everything? And I believe that we can. Yeah, no, that that is uh, going to be a wonderful book. I can just tell, and I am going to do that next time I go, uh, and, and just watch the expression on their face. Exactly, people now, are not used to getting that pushback of you know make a choice. Well, I don't want to make a choice. <laughs> right now, when is the book going to come out? It should be next spring. I'll, I'll uh, okay, so, you know, finish your writing so, it this uh, fall. So we're looking towards next spring. All right. And again, we, we're going to have to cut the interview here, and uh, there's much more that we can all learn from you. What's the best place to go to find out, uh, if, if you want to uh, find out more about Jeffrey's speaking engagements or coaching uh, opportunities? We didn't really even get into all of those things. Uh, where can we go and find information about that? Well, what I find uh, people seem to love the most is getting a flavor of how I think and work. So if you go to weekofthewarrior.com, it is a, a free seven-day uh, online course, which is a lot of fun. You get one powerful question every day that you get to, to challenge yourself by answering. And each day in return, you get a piece of the puzzle. And at the end of the seven days, it, it creates a, a path for, of the creative warrior. So that's weekofthewarrior.com. And then secondly, my primary community website, is creativewarriorsunite.com. Um, that's where uh, my podcast resides. That's where the connection to our community Facebook is held. Tons of free resources. So um, that's a great resource for people who are in business marketing themselves and, and putting their talent out in the world. Yeah, and that is a great website. All kinds of, of wonderful resources on it. The podcasts are terrific. It's a very highly rated podcast. So congratulations and thank you for sharing all of this with us today. I appreciate it. Really it's really been a pleasure. Thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please follow us on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Follow us on Facebook at Thinking Bigger Business Media or visit our website, ithinkbigger.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.